Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ted Johnson. Uh, as always, I, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's continue to remember our nation and uh, COVID-19 and and remember each other. It doesn't matter. You don't know have, have to know what everybody's need is. Just pray for everybody that the Lord... Lord will just be with them and bless them and meet their needs, whatever they may need. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to bow and to call upon your name. Lord, I just ask, God, that you just be with each and every one, Lord, that is affected by this COVID-19, Lord, whether they're sick or they're caring for those that are sick, or God, or is some some loved one dear god lord just be with each and every one dear god lord just meet the needs in their heart and life and touch them just put your arm of love around them dear god and let them know that you're there and you're you're in charge and you're in control and and you've got everything under control and and you know exactly what's going on lord and god i just pray lord for our nation lord god that you just continue to be with it Lord, just move in a great and a mighty way, dear God, and just, Lord, I know you're in control, and every, and you've got a plan for everything, and Lord, I pray, God, that everything is going to according to your plan, and Lord, just be with each and every one of our churches, dear God, Lord, that we can come together as one, dear God, if we are, if we are a child of God, and we, we have, uh, we have got our sins under the blood. We're covered with by the blood, and, and we are. Uh, Jesus lives in our heart. God, we're brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter what's over the door. Lord, we just pray, God, that you would just continue to move and be with each and every one. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one, starting in verse ten. Uh, Moses is still um, bringing out some of the laws. He is um, being a little more uh, explanatory with them and uh, telling people exactly what uh, is going to be, uh, what they are going to be, uh, what they're going to have to do when they get over to the promised land. I can't think of the word. But anyway, uh, and he's being a little bit more... uh, explaining explaining things a little bit more because um really uh they're all together out in the wilderness and they're following each other around and everything and and there's not going to be a lot of things come against them like there is when they get over into the promised land and when they get over there and they start taking the land away from uh, all the inhabitants that's over there the nations that's over there there's going to be things that's going to come up that they haven't had to deal with before and Moses is trying to cover these things so that they'll know when they get there and so what to do but uh in verse uh, starting in verse 10 uh we're going to be uh he is talking about marriage to a female captive and Moses tell them when you go into uh to these to one of these nations that you can keep the females uh, alive and the children, he said, and you find a female that uh, appeals to you, 
said, you may be, you can take her and uh, for to be your wife. But there are, there are rules that you have to abide by and things that have to be done. Things have to be done a certain way. And he said, when you find this woman, he said, you take her to your house. And there, he said, when, she, when you get her to, her to your house, she will shave her head and she will uh, pare her nails or um, dress or make up her nails, and she will mourn her family for one month. And then after, at the end of that month, if uh, you can go into her and she can become your wife. Now then, after you go into her and you uh, find out that you, uh, oh, and she's, and she's supposed to take off the raiment that she comes in with and, and put on new clothes. Uh, and then, then uh, at the end of the month, if you go into her and you, you find out that you don't like her and uh, there's something wrong anyway, um, then you can give her to someone else. But you can't sell her uh, because uh, in verse 14 it says, And it shall be, if thou have no, no delight in her, then thou shalt let her go, whither she will. But thou shalt not sell her at all for money. Thou shalt not make merchandise of her, because thou hast humbled her. In other words, if, you, if something happens that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, that she's not going to make a good wife, you, 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 you're just not real happy with her, um, for many reasons, so then you you can let her go and go wherever she wants to, uh, but you can't sell her. Uh, you're not to make merchandise out of her. Um, and uh, we, now then you know about uh, in verse 15, we're uh, 15 through 17, we're going to be talking about uh, the firstborn, the inheritance of the firstborn. And if we remember from back and talking about... Uh, the Israelites, uh, their firstborn, their firstborn inherits a double portion of everything that the father has. In other words, you say you've got four, four children. Well, the you split it four ways, but the firstborn he gets a double portion. In other words, if you say that uh, all four of your children gets a thousand dollars apiece, then the firstborn will get two thousand dollars. Because that is his right. He is the one that's going to carry on the name. He is the one that's going to be the head of the house. He's the one that's going to uh, be in charge of everything. So he gets a double portion. And it says, and uh, he said, even if you have a wife that you you really don't like, you you can't get along, you you hate her, and then you have a wife that you you love very much. And the one that you can't get along with, that you hate, if that wife has the, has the son first, that's the firstborn. Even though you don't like her, when it comes down to giving out the inheritance and everything, he still gets a double portion because he is the firstborn and all that is rightfully his. Um, and, you know... I always liked the Israelites because they put so much stock in family. They had so many different rules and regulations that 
were uh, centered around family. The families stuck together, and the families uh, uh, fought for each other and took up for each other, helped each other out. And, you know, that that has just went away probably in the past 40, 50 years. Uh, you know, I can remember back when I was small, um, families get together. It didn't, it didn't matter whether you were actually a part of their family, if you were in in close proximity to uh, whoever, and even if you lived far off and, and somebody that you knew knew uh, this person and something happened to them, like their, maybe their barn burned down, and people would come from miles around and bring whatever they had left over, wood and tin and nails and whatever, ladders and whatever they could get a hold of, and they would bring it, and they, they would put this barn back up for this person. Same way with the house. Uh, and even if, uh, even if they knew that you needed something, you know, they would, they would give you whatever you need. You, most of the time, if, if they found out from somebody else that you needed something, something you didn't even have to ask, they, they would give it to you. And we, you know, we, we are, we aren't like that now. We, we are more self-centered. We are more concerned about ourselves whether we what we've got what we can do how much that we can stockpile how much money that we can get and put in the bank and and all these different things and we have quit caring about our neighbors we have quit caring about family as really we have quit caring caring about family but you know it's time that we need to get back to the old past back to those times when when uh, family and friends and neighbors meant something you know, I can remember back when I was small, uh, people getting together and sitting on the front porch and and uh, talking for hours at a time, and the kids all playing out in the yard till way after dark. And you know, this this this, we just don't have time to do anymore. We are too busy trying to make uh, make a living. We're too busy trying to make. Uh, a good living and and have all the niceties of life and really uh, a lot of times families don't even have time for each other i'm talking about immediate families mom dad children we don't have time for each other anymore and it's a shame because this world and uh, was was really built on family ties and verse 18 this one uh this one's going to get a little a little bad because this is talking about those those rebellious sons, and I'm I'm probably going to get in trouble for these, but that's all right anyway. But you know, since we as mankind have taken uh, the the initiative to um, pass laws that we can't span, we can't chastise our children anymore. Uh, spanking them is is really bad. Whipping them is really bad. That that causes them all kinds of uh, different problems and everything. And we can't do that anymore. We gonna give them time out. And you know the the world has really gone downhill since then. And you know we we need to get back to those times to when that we. You know I I was raised up. And if I'd done something wrong, 
my mom or my dad, one of the two, they would use they had used belt a belt on me, and they had used switches on me many a time. I, I used to live at the foot of a mountain, and when my sister and I, my older sister and I, got in trouble, my dad would would pull his pocket knife out and hand it to us. We knew exactly what our job was to do at that point. We had to go across the road over to the foot of the mountain, find a switch, bring it back to him, and he'd whip us with it. And I tell you what, I respect my parents. I respect other people. It did not cause me any mental problems or anything like that. It actually made me stronger because, listen, the Bible even talks about it. Uh, I hope I, I hope I marked this somewhere, but uh, I looked it up and it was talking about spoiling, spoiling the child. Uh, spare the rod and you spoil the child. In other words, if you if you don't whip the child, then the child just you know it's going to think whatever it does is fine. And I have seen so many children that their parents uh, they would be doing something and parents would tell them said now you know you're not supposed to do that i'm going to give you a time out that didn't bother him not one bit they just keep doing whatever it was he was doing like they didn't even hear them time out don't don't uh, it don't phase them a bit i know when my mom and dad told me that i was going to get a whipping now let me tell you something that that'll cause a fear in you that will cause a respect because you know that you are going to you're going to get whipped because you have done something that you were not supposed to do and listen parents if you if you like i said i may get in trouble for this but that's that's fine and dandy if you don't chastise your kids and you don't correct your kids and you don't make your kids mind you don't love them i mean the bible that's exactly what the bible talks about because if and jesus even jesus us as children of god when we get to the point to where that we get unruly and we get to doing things that we're not supposed to be doing the lord will chastise us he he will chastise us in a way to where that we will we will wake up and we will know that we've done something wrong and we we can uh, we go and ask God to forgive us for it. If he didn't do that, he, he, he wouldn't love us. Because, I mean, this is one of those things that's uh, very touchy, I know, but and we... We have people that have gone to school and they've got these big degrees and everything and they think they know everything and they think they've got everything figured out. They don't know nothing. Because I tell you what, you can go to the Word of God and you can find out a solution for any problem you got, whether it be a, a rebellious child, a, well, not a rebellious child, but a child that has done wrong uh, to one that has done good. If a, child, if a child does bad, whip him. It does not matter because it will not hurt them mentally. It will not affect their uh, whatever it is that they're talking about these days. It will not bother them. And it will give them a little bit more respect for people 
and a lot of love for people. But you know, mom and dad, we we have got to the point to where that we uh, have. I've I've noticed this in the past. 15, 20 years, we have got to the point to where that our children are nothing more than a tax write-off, and we we can hire somebody else to uh, raise our kids and to teach our kids, and we go about and do our normal thing and uh, go, uh, doing our jobs and making our money so that we can live in our big fine houses and drive our big fine cars and everything and go out and and uh, all these parties and everything while this person is raising our children who that we're supposed to be raising ourselves, and half the time the children doesn't even know the parents because they haven't got time for them. We've got other things to do. See, the children of Israel, they always, they always took time for their children. They, family was, was number, well, it wasn't number one, but it was, a, it was number two. God, and following the Lord and, and doing his will was number one, and family then came number two. And now then, family is so far down the list that uh, we have put so much other things of this world in front of our families that, it has fell completely apart, and when the family falls apart, the world falls apart. I mean, just just look at all the things that are going on in this world today, and I mean it, that's a prime example of the world falling apart because the family, the home life, has fell apart, and we don't love each other anymore. We don't have respect for each other anymore. And we don't care about each other anymore. We don't care about anything but making ourselves look good. But verse 15, it says, If a man have two wives, no, I'm sorry, 18. I'm sorry, it's verse 18. If a man have a stubborn and a rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of this city, Our son, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Now this is a this is a, a child now that mom and dad can't do anything with. He won't listen to him. All he wants to do is sit around all day and do nothing and drink and eat and and he wants you to bring everything and hand it to him and and he he probably uh, curses you and and talks about, talks down to you and and all all this thing. And there's nothing that you can do to to straighten him out, to get him to do right. They said, you bring this child out to the, to the city, to the gate of the city, and you tell the priest and the elders and tell them that what's going on. And then 
all the men and all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. Hmm. You know what? There'd be very few young people left in this world today if that was the case. Because I, I tell you what, I, I, just, I, have, I haven't been out in public uh, very much lately, but when I was, I'm telling you what, it, it's, it's a shame that the way the, kid, the children are treating their parents. If I'm telling you, now I'm, I'm serious. If I would have said things to my parents that some of these, these teenagers and these children are saying to their parents in a public place, I would they would have had to carry me out of there because my dad would have beat me to death and should have. But they, mom and dad just acts like it ain't nothing. Because they're afraid to do anything because somebody will report them and they will get in trouble for chastising their kids, but yet they are going so rebellious and everything and just, I mean, treating everybody with disrespect and everything and everybody's standing around scratching their head trying to figure out what's going on. Wake up. Wake up. When we took prayer out of school, we quit chastising our kids the world has fallen fallen apart christians it's our fault it's our fault i don't care you can blame it on whoever you want to but it's our fault christians because we have have just sat down on the lord we have quit uh worrying about the world and everything else and we are just sitting around waiting on the lord to come back and get us and we could care less about what's going on across the street or in the next city or whatever. Like I said, this is this is going to get a little rough tonight. And I've, I've, I've prayed about this and I've thought about this a lot today. But I don't know if the world will ever get back to a point to where that it was, to where God can actually wake the people up to get them to realize exactly what's going on but we really need to wake up and we really need to figure out exactly what's going on and we need to get some things straightened out or we're going to be in trouble real bad trouble and I, and 22 chapter 22 starting in verse 1, we're going to talk about miscellaneous laws, different laws. Uh, these are ones that are uh, some of the lesser laws, but uh, more more along the, the line of morals than than actual law uh, because it's, it's things that we should be doing that we, we don't do. Uh, it's things that we... we we should be looking out for for our out for our neighbors and uh, our neighbors' property, and and we could care less as long as it's not happening to us. And I know, I know I'm I'm getting <laughs> I may be venting a little bit I don't know but uh, uh, it's the world as a whole has has really got me worried. 
because we have got to the point to where that we have completely gotten away from God. We have completely gotten away from from Christianity, and we are heading off on so many different routes, and and we have got so many different types of religion that one says that, you know, unless you believe like I believe, you're not going to make it to heaven. And uh, listen, my Bible tells me that I've got to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I've got to have the blood applied to me. I've got to repent of my sins and turn from them, not to do them anymore, and follow the Lord if I'm going to make it to heaven. And... We have gotten away from God's word, I mean the true God, God's word, the King James Version, and we have gotten these uh, different uh, versions of the Bibles, and some of them are, are really out there. And uh, just about any way you want to believe, there's a Bible out there for you uh, to read and understand and tell you that however you want to live, it's fine. And it's... Uh, and we're going to get in trouble over it. We're already in trouble because of it, and we're going to get in worse trouble. Chapter 22. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt in any case bring them again unto thy brother. This is not talking about your next of kin, this is talking about your uh, your friend, uh, your neighbors, the people that live down the street from you, that's not even kin to you. Uh, this is who they're talking about. They're brothers in Christ. They're brothers uh, whatever. And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. Hmm. No, 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 that ain't right, that ain't right. You find anything out on the side of the road or anything like that, it, it's fair game. You, uh, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It don't matter who it is. It don't matter how bad they need it. Uh, you know, it. It's. it's lost. Now, nobody's hunting for it. It's fine. I found it. It's mine. How would you feel if you lost something of great importance to you and could not find it, knowing that somebody else probably had it and would not give it back to you? But see, we don't think about that stuff. We just think about, I found it. It's mine. So, you know... It's not finders, keepers. They're supposed to find it and try to figure out whose it is. Now, I know it's not easy sometimes, but there is ways of doing it if you really want to. But there again, it's just like salvation. You've got to want it, and you've got to work at it. Everybody wants salvation, but they don't want to do nothing to get it, and they don't want to do nothing after they get it. They want to live the same life they did before they asked God to forgive them of their sins, but yet they don't want to repent from sins and they don't want to turn from sin. They want to live for the Lord and they want to do however they want to and still go to heaven. Sorry, it don't work that way. 
But if you see you, brother, anything of your of your neighbors or anybody around you, and you find it, and you know that it belongs to somebody, take it, take it to them. Don't just keep it and say, "Well, they, they, you know." I mean, whatever reason that you decided it, it's not worth giving it back to whoever it belongs to, even though you know who it belongs to. For whatever reason. And let me tell you something. I, I, I mean, I ain't got Bible to back this up or anything, but if I find something of yours and I know that it's yours and I keep it and I don't give that back to you, uh, that's pretty close to stealing. Because I know whose it is and I don't bring it back to you and I keep it. Well, he lost it. Finders, keepers, losers. We, no, that ain't the way it goes. And, you know, the thing about it is, is is all of these rules and regulations and statutes and commandments that Moses is going over used to be in place in this world at one time. They, they used to, these, these things used to be in place. These, we people practice these. It doesn't matter whether you were saved or unsaved. You practice these principles and these things, these commandments and these statutes back, way back when. We don't do that anymore. I can remember, I, I was trying to think, of, I, I was quite old before we ever locked the door on our house or lock the door on the church because people respected other people's property. And people feared God, and even though they would break into your house, they would not dare go and, and break. They wouldn't even drink a beer on church property because they feared God. We don't even do that anymore. It's just another place to get, get equipment and make money. And they'll break into a church just as soon as they would break into your house. Because we as children of God have gotten away from God. We have quit trying to teach people about the fear of God. And we wonder what's going on. What's wrong with the world? Verse number five. Mm, here we go. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on women's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Mm-hmm. Men, you don't dress up like women. Women, you don't dress up like men. <sighs> yeah, there, there is clothes that are men's clothes that uh, are similar to a woman's clothes, but they were made for men. I mean, let's take the kilt, for instance. This this thing has been around for years and years. Men has wore those for years. The Scottish people wear these. This is men's clothing. But that doesn't mean that uh, I can take one of my wife's dresses or one of my wife's skirts and put it on and I'll be fine. No, that's dress for her. That's a woman's dress. I don't wear those. Women have slacks. Men have pants. 
You don't wire men's pants and men don't wire women's pants. <sighs> oh, Lord, I have dreaded, dreaded this all day because we... I don't I don't know how to to really go from here but we have we have gotten away from what it means to be a male and what it means to be a female. We uh decided well I don't want to live as a female so I'm going to I'm going to call myself a male and I'm going to do as the males do and vice versa. Uh, and it's wrong. It's an abomination unto God. God said it, the Lord said it right here, and if you go over to, uh, uh, let me find that. Uh, but we, we have gotten away from everything that is godly, and we have decided that we are going to live as we want to and live however we want to and we can be whatever we want to even though God made us one way or the other. No, God made a mistake. I'm supposed to be a boy and God created me as a girl. No, he did not. Satan has got your mind so mixed up that you think God made a mistake. You're the one that made a mistake, not God. But anyway, But <laughs> the Lord is is trying to get the people to wake up, and we're trying to get us to go back to the old past, back to the to when uh, sin was sin and and righteousness was righteousness, and nobody was trying to uh, make one the other. Uh, you know, back uh, many years ago, the things that we do today and are accepted were uh, an abomination to everybody, including God, many years ago. But now uh, we have, uh, for some odd reason, we have accepted all this stuff, and it, it's all fine now. It's not all fine. The things that were a sin when the children of Israel walked upon the earth, it's a sin today. The, th the things that were sin 50 years ago is a sin today. The, Times change, sure. God does not change. His laws does not change. His statutes does not change. If it was a sin then, it's a sin now. And I don't care how pretty a picture you try to paint and how, how pretty you make it look, it's sin. There's no sin going in or into heaven. You're going to die and go to hell, point blank. If you do not get rid of the sin, get the sin out of your life, turn from your sin, quit sinning, and repent and live for the Lord the way that a man and woman should live, then you are not going to make it into heaven. I don't care who you are. Verse 10, 22. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Thou shalt not wear a garment of divers sorts. 
as of woolen and linen together. Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four corners of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself. This is talking about being unequally yoked together. Uh, you know, we don't, if you, I don't know how many of y'all have ever seen uh, oxen that they use to plow, and they've got this big wooden uh, thing that goes across the oxen with a metal piece that goes underneath their necks, and, and they're in this yoke, and and they have to be able to pull against this yoke uh, the same amount of strength and everything because if you get one that's a little bit stronger than the other one, then then it's going to keep wanting to turn one of them all the time. And, uh, you know, that's that's the, the thing about it is, is what God is trying to tell the children of Israel is no matter what happens, don't be unequally yoked together. If And, you know, we as children of God, we need to we need to remember this, and we need to uh, look to the Lord and and ask the Lord for for guidance and leadership on this, because uh, sometimes we can get in trouble um, by being unequally yoked together in marriage uh, and uh, boyfriend girlfriend. Um, even in, in a, some of the things that we, our churches that we go into, you know, there's so many things that we can get to where that we are are in a resistance all the time and, and nothing works together. Anytime that you get something that uh, is going against each other, it, it will not work. And when we get to the point to where that we, we start asking God for guidance and leadership on exactly what it is that he wants us to do and where he wants us to be. There won't be any resistance. We'll be equally yoked together with the Lord and we will not. We will follow him and him only and we will not be trying to, to go off to the right hand or to the left hand and, and uh, live, play with the world on one side and live for the Lord for a little while and play, for the, play with the world on the other side. We can't do that. The Bible tells us that we have to serve God or mammon, God or money, God or the world. We have to serve one of the two. We can't serve both of them. We can't be unequally yoked together with the world and Christ. It will not work. The Bible says, God says, I prefer you to be either hot or cold. And, you know, if you're either, if you're a Christian or a sinner, but if you try to go in the middle into that religious place to where that, you know, you think that, Whatever you do is all right, and it's and you're going to go to heaven. That's the place where God can't can't use you or can't reach you. See, Jesus, that's that's the people that Jesus had the most trouble with when he walked upon this earth with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people of the world at that time. They they knew the law. They knew the laws of Moses. They knew all the writings of Moses, and they knew they knew them inside and out. And they taught them daily, and they taught the laws, and they taught the to the religious laws and the religious judgments and statutes and everything. They taught them. They knew them by heart, but they they left out the one thing that so many people is leaving out of the mix today. They're leaving Christ out of it. 
because they think that but you have to live a certain life, you have to do a certain way, or you're not going to make it into heaven. Their way, not Christ's way, their way. You have to live by their standards and their rules if you're going to go to heaven. But Jesus tells me that I must be born again. And then from there, he tells me to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear of the Lord and trembling if I don't do what I'm supposed to do and I don't do what the Lord tells me to do, I'm not going to make it into heaven. This is where we need to get into the Bible. This is where we need to be studying God's Word. And we need to find out just exactly what it is that God wants us to do. I know I, I, know I see this a lot, but listen, we, we are getting to the point of where this world is coming to an end. And we all have a job to do. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And God has a job for us to do, and we need to be about that job. We have failed at that job. How do I know? Because they took prayer out of schools, because they took the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses, because they are doing a lot of other things. They, they have got us to where that we can't chastise our kids, all because we, as the children of God, have went to sleep on the, on the Lord. We're waiting on somebody else to do something, and we have sat down and quit, and we are just basically... Tell, saying that the world is is going to hell in a handbasket and there ain't nothing we can do and there's nothing we're going to do. But this is where that we need really, we really need to be studying God's Word and we really need to be praying and seeking God and, and so that we will know what we're supposed to do. Get back to the old past, back to the point, back to the time when sin was sin and righteousness was righteousness and there was no in-betweens. And that's what the Lord is saying. If you're either hot or cold, you know, you either just you either say, you know, well, I'm a sinner and I'm going to go to hell, or I'm I'm a child of God and I'm going to try my best to make it into heaven. I'm going to do everything I can to make it into heaven. But those people that are living on the fence, that, and they've got preachers and and teachers that saying, you know, whatever way you want to live. You know, that's fine. As long as you give your heart and life to God and ask God to forgive you your sins, then you can go out and live any way you want to. But that's not what my Bible tells me. If it was a sin before you ask God to forgive you of your sins, it's a sin to do it after. And no sin will enter into the, to heaven. We can't ride the fence. We can't say, I'm a child of God and and live every ungodly way to be thought of. It, it, it don't work. And it's not going to work. Because when you get right down to it, at the end, <clears throat> when the Lord, when God looks over at Jesus and tells him to go get my people, mm, no sin's going to enter into heaven. So there you go. Now then, what are you going to do? So, you know, it, it's, it's, I know it's, it's a hard life to live. It is. It really is. It's hard. It's hard to live a Christian life. It's hard to, to do the things that are right all the time. It, it really is. But 
the Bible never said that it was going to be easy. It never said that it, it was going to be a bed of roses. It never, God never promised me one time that if I'd come give my heart and life to, to him, that I'd have smooth sailing the rest of my life. He never promised me that. If we'll go back and we'll study some of the apostles and some of the uh, disciples and, and all the things that they went through, you know, out of the 12 apostles, I think that maybe, I hope I get this right, I think that there may have been three out of the 12 that died of natural causes. The rest of them were martyred because of their belief, because of their teachings, because they stood for Christ. It's not going to be easy. But God said, I'll never leave you, nor I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. He will protect you. He will be your, your healer. He will be your best friend. He will be your teacher. He will be your guide. He will be your leader. He will be your lawyer. He will be your doctor. He will be whatever you need. But we, we, have, we have to give something. And that's we have to give up the world. We have to give up the world and come out from among the world and be a separated people. Be different. Be someone that God can use. Be someone that God is proud of. Be someone that God can look look down on. And, and like Job, when, when Satan went uh, and God was talking, God asked Job, uh, Satan, said, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. He excuse evil. God was proud of Job because he knew exactly where Job's heart was. Where's yours at today? Where's your heart at? Are you willing to work? Are you, have you got on the whole armor of God? Are you willing to go to battle for the Lord? Or are you waiting around for somebody else to do something? We, you know, God opens the door. You got to make that first step. You got to make that first step. He's not going to grab you and drag you through and make you do anything. But he will be there with you and he will guide you and he will give you the tools that you need when you step through that door. This may not have been a very popular lesson tonight. Like I said, it's it's one of those that is hard. I know it's hard to it's hard to hear. It's hard to teach on. Uh, but you know, we we have got to get back to the Bible, and we have got to get back to that point to where that we are trusting in the Lord, and we have faith in the Lord, and we are following Him no matter what. One of these days, I'm going to give an account for every word that I've ever said into this mic. Every word that I've said standing up for Sunday school, I'm going to give an account for it one of these days. So even though it may be hard and it may be harsh, I'm going to tell you just exactly what God gives me. And I, I hope you all take it, apply it to your life, and use it for the glory of God. Because now then, I've done what the Lord wants me to do. Now then, it's on you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the word, the word that God has just given me to give to you? Listen, I thank you all for listening. 
I hope you got something out of this, and I really hope that you that it blesses you. Until the next time, I hope God blesses you in a great and a mighty way. Thank you.